Welcome, welcome, you and all, to another episode of the Global Latin Factor podcast, where we talk about, say it with me, Latino everything. Thank you very much for being here. We appreciate your presence. Go ahead and subscribe. Hit the like button. Leave us a comment because we have another amazing episode for you. We have a legend in the house. He is Mr. Formerly Known as Eternal, an artist, MC, done podcasting before, his manager for G-Love, Animes, and Powder, Texas OG, also part of Latin Embassy, been part of Hate Approve as well, and now New Wave Records, originally from Dallas, Texas, ambassador, brand ambassador for Texican clothing. Texican clothing. Mr. Never Die in the House. Hey, what's good, Crispin? What's up? I had to do the intro all over again. I mean, I had you here before. You'll be here before, and I appreciate yeah. it. But I'm like, let me just run it through one more time. All love, bro. All love. Appreciate it, man. Absolutely. So, we're going to hear, we're going to do the Preguntas al Chile with you individually. But I added the extras. You want to find Preguntas out. Preguntas al Chile. We're going to touch your Puerto Rican side because I don't know if y'all knew this, but my man is half Puerto Rican, half white, Caucasian. Yeah, white. Americano. Yeah. Gringuito. <laughs> Ready? Tacos or tortas? Uh, tacos. Corn tortilla or flour tortilla? Corn. Gorditas or sopes? Uh, gorditas. Mexican coca or jarrito? Uh, Mexican coca. Agua de horchata, jamaica or tamarindo? Horchata. Now, this is what I'm going to mess you up. Bistec encebollado or tripleta? Uh, bistec. Bistec. Arroz con gandules o mofongo? Um, I never had either one, though. Yeah? This is a Puerto Rican dish. Yeah. Uh, we need to get you in tune with your American side. <laughs> one of them is made out of uh, plantains, and the other one's rice with, like, I uh, believe it's a bean. Okay. So which one would you pick? Plantains uh, or the rice? Plantains. Yeah, me too. I tried to make them. It was a failure. Yeah. Couldn't make them. <laughs> if y'all have a recipe for it, please leave in the comments so I can make some, because I really was craving some, and, you know. Okay, here we go. Salsa verde, salsa roja. Salsa verde. Churros or flan? Flan. Valentina, Tapatio, Cholula. Valentina. Mm, Conchas, the pa pastries, the green, the green ones. <laughs> the green ones, yeah. Okay. <laughs> the brown ones, the white ones, or the pink ones? Uh, the white ones. We're going to have, we're going to go back to the old episode. We're going to put them side <laughs> by side. See, hey, man, I evolved. See if, you, <laughs> see if your palate changed from the, from the last time you were here. Yeah. Okay. I get tired of the same old thing. Right. This is a new <laughs> question for you. What is a conspiracy theory that you, when you heard, you were like, man, that has to be true? What would mm. that be? JFK's assassin was a driver. The driver? Yeah. Ooh, I haven't heard that one. You've heard that one? I haven't heard yeah. that one. The I'm guy in Dallas to hold a, a pale horse, the book, the guy says it in there. He says that yeah. he is the one that, but how though he was? Because he knew that no, not the driver, but the guy that wrote the book said he worked for the government. He knew a whole bunch of conspiracies and stuff. Ooh, that's an interesting one. Huh. Okay, so when you hear the word Latino, Latina, or Latinx, what first comes to mind? Um, uh, unity. Unity. You same same answer as last time. Yeah, kept the same. And are you, do you care if you're called Latino? Do you mind? Do you prefer to be called different? No, I like Latino. You like Latino? Yeah. You like the word Latino? Yeah. Awesome. Okay. So let's touch up on your Puerto Rican roots. 
Do you know how your family got to Texas? Yeah. Have they always been here in Texas? Can you just give us a little bit of the school? Well, my mom and my grandma and my tia and my tío, they're in Puerto Rico. Mm-hmm. And they ended up leaving my grandpa. So then they went to Cali. And then from there, my grandma, she got a job as a flight attendant. So then from there, they moved to New York. And then that's where my mom and my dad met because mm-hmm. they were like neighbors. First, my dad was, uh, he was best friends with my tío. Mm-hmm. But then he got with my mom and then he went to the Air Force. So they came to San Antonio. And that's how they ended up in Texas. Yeah. And then in Dallas. And then he got a job in Plano at Texas Instruments. Instruments. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You see it off the road. Yeah. And then, and that's how you ended up in Dallas. Yeah. That's crazy. I don't know if y'all know this, right? But there's, I'm not the only one that says it. And I know I bring it up often because people really don't know that Puerto Rican people are citizens of the U.S. They don't have to renew uh-huh. paperwork. They don't have to. And the only reason I know this is because people have those thoughts is because somebody had asked a Puerto Rican guy, like, well, how often do you have to renew your whatever? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, never. Yeah, it's been like that for a minute. Yeah, they're... Uh, I think it happened when I was like a kid. Yeah. And then people in my comments be like, on TikTok, be like, ah, I can't believe you don't know that. I'm like, there's a lot of people there. Yeah, facts, facts. <laughs> I know what it means. Yeah. I know it. Yeah, because it happened a long time ago, you know. Yeah, so. so I have to tell it for the people that don't know. Oh, really? that Puerto Rico is a territory. And the people that are born in Puerto Rico are citizens. Mm-hmm. And I, if I'm not mistaken, they're not able to even vote on a federal election, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, that I'm not sure. Yeah, see? I think I'm almost correct. Oh, really? That's pretty dope, though, that you are. And uh, so you grew up in Dallas, the Dallas area? Yeah. And specifically any area, West Dino? I mean, like, no, nah, first it was East Plano. That's where, yeah. And then I went to Wiley for a while and then started moving around, like, the Garland area and stuff like that. Yeah. Okay, so let's touch back a little bit on your rapping. So when was it that the first time that you were inspired to maybe want to get into music? What did you see? Who did you heard? Or was there any influence in, in within people around you? Or was it something that you saw? I know that SPM was something that you seen and gave you a little hope that maybe there's somebody like you, mm-hmm. Brown, but yeah. little Brown can, can do something like yeah. that. So when was that? Man, I first started wanting to do music when I was listening to Nirvana, Kurt Cobain. Like, uh, nice. Smells Like Teen Spirit. Yeah. The first time I saw that video, I was just, I'm part of the MTV generation, you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. So just videos would always catch my attention. I spent my whole summer just watching videos, watching videos, and just trying to learn, listening to lyrics. I always loved lyrics. And then um, and then I first wanted to rap when I heard Tupac All Eyes On Me. You heard the whole album and yeah. something in there turned Yeah, something clicked. And I and I didn't even listen to that much rap. I listened to a lot of Death Row releases like Doggy Style and The Chronic, uh, Above the Rim soundtrack, all that. I buy all the Death Row albums. But when that album came out, I was like, yeah. So mostly you were first on MTV, like rock. Mm-hmm. But then when that change happened, that album dropped all eyes on me, even though you heard a little bit of the other Death Row, this is the one that. Yeah, and yeah. Any particular song that you liked about that album? Uh, Ambitions as a Rider, uh, No More Tears. Man, there's just shorty want to be a thug. There's so many good songs on there. What what connected with those lyrics, those projects, those those the music that you felt more like there was some type of connection to you that you were re- able to relate to that body of work. I think what I liked the most was the pain, but the confidence he had. That was one thing about rock music. Like it wasn't very confidence building. You know what I'm saying? But when I heard Tupac, I started listening to more rap. It would build up my confidence. 
So, so you walk with a swag whenever you finish. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> listen to the car get out. Like, what's up? Yeah, that's what's up. Okay, so after that, you were uh, met with uh, S, um, the other gentleman yeah, from SLO. SLO. Yeah. So, if I'm not mistaken, I heard an interview. You were the one that actually came up with the idea of beginning to do the rap group. Yeah, a rap. So you were were you already rapping at that time and and try to practice on it or not really? Really, I was just writing. You were writing, and it. I wanted to get into music more. So how did y'all meet? Uh, high school. So y'all were just. Homies running yeah, around. Yeah, we were all on the same clique, and then they ended up uh, really with just me and him there at the end because he was a senior and I was a junior. And then that's when we started hanging out. Mm. So, yeah, yeah, I got together amongst the clique, and then all of a sudden, he wasn't really into the music, or was he doing music too? Nah, he was we really neither one of us was, but I was like starting to write poems and stuff like yeah. that. Where'd the idea of becoming or creating a group or, or even beginning to dive into actually doing some rap? come from uh i'd probably say master p so when you saw no limits yeah the way they were doing it you said i want to a record label yeah so you wanted to go ahead and begin to do the whole record label yeah and then you brought him the idea yeah what did he say at first to you i mean stay with us we'll be right back did you know that you can change what you taste by what you hear how can you use sound to make a deeper connection with your clients can we be healed with sound? Sound influences people in their buying decisions and their daily lives. In the podcast audio branding, I explore all of this, both with my own observations as a voice actor of over 15 years and by interviewing knowledgeable professionals in the field of advertising, marketing, music, and science. To have a listen for yourself, visit audiobrandingpodcast.com. He actually believed me. Yeah? Yeah. He was the first one. He never rapped. No. Nah. Ever. No. Nah. But you say. But then, but then once I told him that he started freestyling all the time, he just always be practicing freestyling, freestyling, freestyling. Nice. Yeah. So he started freestyling. You were still writing. And yeah. all of a sudden now, y'all get more serious and go invest some money. Yeah. Buying some beats. Yeah. First, we bought some equipment. You bought some equipment. Yeah. And you, so you wanted to record yourself. Yeah. Okay. So we were going to try to make beats ourselves and all that. And, um. How did that go? Didn't work. <laughs> Neither one of us had the patience. None of y'all. Uh, so we tried a little bit, and then we ended up taking the equipment back, and then that's when we hit a pimpster. So it was only y'all two. It's always been just y'all No, and then his brother, Rath. So that's the one that was incarcerated. Yeah. So it was three of y'all. Where was yeah. he as far as the high school? Where he Was he already a graduate? Yeah, he had already graduated. He already graduated. That was so he's a lot older? Yeah, a couple years older. Okay. So yeah. it was three of y'all in the beginning. And mostly it was uh, S.L. Loke and his brother rapping yeah. first on the first project. You yeah. were a little bit. In yeah, the I was project, on one I song. I was kind of my, more behind the scenes. So more executive producer, you mean yeah. you were more of the funder for that project? No, nah, not that one. Um, I was just like kind of like, hey, rap here. I mean, that's always what I've done in the studio. Like I just kind of got a year like, mm -hmm. this should go here, this should go here. My brain just breaks it down like that. Okay, so that was that project is called Salsa Vatos. Salsa Vatos. Yeah. So Salsa Vatos. So yeah, I went and saw the equipment. It didn't work out for y'all. Y'all didn't have the patience, all three of y'all, to make beats. Yeah. But then y'all found out about Pinsta because y'all were listening to him. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So y'all listened to him. How did he, he y'all even find out how to contact him? Man, back then on the back of the album, I had your number, number and address. Yeah. You could call the number or write the address. So you hit him up. Yeah. And who's the one that called him? S.A. Lope. And he, what did he say? Hey, I want to buy some beats? Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah, we're trying to get in the game. Can you give us some info? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And he did for a price, but 
but he wanted to, he wanted to see we're serious at the mm-hmm. same time, you know. Absolutely, because yeah. uh, so easy to give free game, but sometimes it's like some people are not uh, they're not grateful, yeah. they're not appreciative. Especially when they get it for free, exactly, and yeah. especially when a guy that is is hot and then his, sp- his stuff is getting spun and he's being known in Dallas, mm-hmm. and you're like fairly new. Yeah, who knows how many of you like people yeah, like hit you or hit them up yeah. every day? So. I mean, I don't knock the hustle for trying to get paid for what he's doing. Yeah. You know, he's out there. Thanks. So, so yeah, I appreciated that fact. Yeah. Y'all knew it was business. Yeah. And y'all were willing to invest that money. Yeah. So, y'all went and bought, uh, I think it was $2,000. And y'all bought, y'all paid some front. And then y'all got how, 10 beats? Yeah. How many beats was I it? I think it was, it might have been a little bit less. Because he screwed and chopped a couple. I think it was more like six. Yeah. Six, six to eight, somewhere around there, and then he screwed and chopped a couple. Of and then who told y'all where to go record professionally? Don? He didn't. He told you yeah, go we to this to guy Dub right one. here. Yeah, we went to Dub One Studio with Steve Paul. Steve Paul, Dub One Studio, go over here. He'll record y'all. Yeah. And then that's another investment that you had to do. Yeah. So again, it was Wrath first, and then it was SLO, just mostly, and you were just kind of sort of the ear telling them, "Hey, do this. Uh, it sounds better if you do this." Yeah. That's your that yeah, was Yeah, and then I was going to work on my solo album. You were going to work on your solo. Yeah. So there were going to be Latin Embassy, you were going to be something different or the whole label was Latin Embassy. No, I was going to be Eternal and they were going to be Latin Embassy. Latin Embassy. Yeah. When did you choose Eternal? Why did you choose Eternal? SA Lopes the one that gave it to me cuz he said since it was my idea to do the music, that I was going to live forever through my music. So he's the one that said Eternal is a dope name. I was like, yeah, fuck with it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Tell me about the Latin Embassy uh, name. So I know that it's off of a, a restaurant that used yeah. to be in the embassy, and yeah, kind of sort of, it sounds kind of dope. Yeah. But yeah, couldn't call it the Mexican Embassy because you're <laughs> yeah. Latino, you're yeah. Puerto Rican. So yeah, went and decide that it was going to be Latin Embassy. Yeah. So is that how it came to be? Yeah. Or was there. Yeah, there's a man, I can't remember the full name of the restaurant, but it's on the east side of Plano, uh-huh. right off of 75. It's something Embassy. So that's where I think it was Rath. He's like, man, Embassy, that sounds like a dope name. So, and we were all in the car, we were fucking with it. So, like, Embassy it is. Yeah. Was there any runner up names for the label at that time? Man, I don't even remember, bro. No? <laughs> I don't even remember. So, right in the car, Embassy, ago. and all of a sudden it's, it just boom. Clicked. Yeah. That's yep. dope. And then the Latin part, when was it that y'all decided to incorporate it? I, I like the embassy. Yeah. I think it was pretty quick. Within the same conversation, yeah. you'd be yeah. like, Latino, Latin yeah. embassy. <laughs> Latin pretty embassy. Dope. Okay, so at its peak, Latin embassy, I'm talking about sales. I'm talking about shows. I'm talking about out-of-town shows. I'm talking about being known. How big did y'all get? Doing the 2000s to what's it about 2003 or so? Yeah, yeah, we're getting real big in the state of Texas, everywhere kind of except Houston. But we, that was kind of our goal. We'd always hit the small cities because mm-hmm. they show the most love, you know. Especially you say you're from Dallas, you say you're from Houston, they're gonna show that love. So, uh, yeah, we were we were on the road a lot. My bad. What was the question? <laughs> you good? So, how big was it? Did you say at its peak, Latin uh-huh. Embassy? How big did you get? I'm talking about. If you don't mind disclosing a round and a rough estimate of how much was it the money that y'all were making for show or overall uh, selling the CDs out of the trunk, mm-hmm. or and as far as the biggest show that y'all got to do, mm-hmm. and as far as just like overall in general in Texas, how, okay. how how big would you think y'all were within the the mix of all the rappers that were coming up in the two thousand to two thousand three? I mean, a lot of people were saying that we we're gonna be up next after after Dope House, after Latin Legacy, after Shut Them Down. And then that's kind of where we're a little bit placed. 
Mm-hmm. But like I said, Houston was the one market that we didn't get into, and that was such a big market. What so, was it that y'all were not able to to break through Houston? I mean, I think a lot of Houston is homegrown love, you know. Mm. So there, Houston represents Houston heavy. Did you did you have made an effort to try to collaborate with some of the people coming out? Yeah, yeah. Who were, and then yeah, we uh, did a lot. Like we did the track with Baby Bash, which uh-huh. was one of our biggest songs. Um, yeah, we worked with Rashid. I said, worked with Low G, and then back then, we we were mostly doing Dallas artists when we first came out. But, like, we did the track with Baby Bash, and mm-hmm. especially once we went solo, we started working a lot more with Houston artists. And that was closer more towards the end? Yeah. That may be the reason why it just didn't catapult you to the next level, you think? Yeah, I mean, I mean, we just stopped. We kind of split up, so that kind of stopped all the motion we had. All right, so let's go back. What is the most that you think you have made that's Latin Embassy as far as money-wise? I mean, in a weekend? In a weekend, or maybe, yeah, I did the math in a year. I mean, because we usually sell about 100 CDs easy every weekend. And that's like about on $20? Sunday, yeah, from 15 to 10 to 5, depending on the city. Uh-huh. Like the smaller cities where we weren't known didn't have radio play, we'd sell it for 5 there. So that way we could spread it out, and we'd have the headphones and all that, put it on their ears so they could check it out. Okay, and then as far as the biggest show that y'all did? Uh, my favorite one, I'd probably say it was Artist Square for Can to Win. That was one of my favorites. The Latin Energy Fest? Yeah, Latin Energy Fest. Yeah. And then uh, in Midland, Odessa, we used to do some badass car shows over there Yeah. in November. What is the biggest crowd that you think I've seen? I mean, back in the day, it'd be like at least a thousand easy. A thousand easy. Yeah. And that's... Because so, that the lowrider shows were so big back then, so yeah. everybody would go, you know. Yeah. So whose idea? So I, I believe it was your idea to hit the road and and hit other. That's what made you different from the artists here mm-hmm. in Dallas. They yeah, were hitting the road, hitting the smaller market. Really, I think that was S. A. Loke's idea. S. A. Yeah. So what did he saw that you feel like it was like? Damn, we need to go. There might be more potential over there yeah. for us to sell. Because I know he's he he has a entrepreneur mentality he sees opportunity as far as making some money and then even though dallas was doing good if you wanted to expand it it's yeah. only obvious that it would be the road right yeah so you know where he get the idea he got the idea i mean that's what I, I don't know exactly where but i know he definitely wanted to expand yeah so yeah i started what was the first out of town show that y'all do Ooh, that one i don't even remember man to be honest with you but we'd hit up san antonio all the time houston uh of course midland odessa wichita falls uh, Waco, all over. Yeah, Corpus Christi. Yeah, and then why did y'all wanted to do the 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 shows, the lowrider shows? What made you want to well, be in that area? Especially a lot of shows SPM was at because you knew if SPM was there, the crowd was gonna be there. The people were gonna come see SPM. So yeah, we're kind of sort of mirroring yeah. the path that he was doing as yeah. far as the shows y'all were hitting. Yeah, and then sometimes y'all would perform, or sometimes y'all would just go and just in, be in the parking lot, some party center city. Yeah. And here and there, sometimes y'all got a show. Yeah. And then y'all got paid for the shows, too. Yeah. That's dope. That's badass. So yeah, I miss CD days, man. <laughs> man. You know what? A microwave roll, still says it's profitable. He, he yeah. sells uh, merchandise and these shirts mm-hmm. out of his trunk. Yeah. Like, often. Yeah. And a lot. Yeah. And he still made a good point that some people still have. I know the technology is beautiful. I know everybody has smartphones, but some people, whatever, they they don't change their ways as yep. far as uh, a CD, especially the smaller towns. So I, I I needed to clip that part. I think I think I did a little short to say like you know they have a certain year of a car and 
they need a good CD. Mm-hmm. He's the one well, to provide it already. So and I, I still got DVDs too with like all my videos and stuff. Yeah, and a lot of lowrider people like That's, those. They have screens. Yeah, so they can show still. So. Do you remember your first show that you ever did uh, with Latin Embassy? Where yeah, was it? Yeah, it was at the Lick. Rest in peace, Big D. Yeah, it was yeah. a club? Yeah, it was an after-hour spot. After-hours, till what time? Uh, till 4 in the morning. So when did y'all go in, and how big was, how, how, how was the crowd? It was about 3 in the morning. He usually had performances like about 3, 3.15. And it was, a, it was a nice crowd, man. Big D always do the best after parties. They'll be packed. First it was the Lick, then it was Suavemente. Yeah. Yeah. So y'all hit up, how, how long did y'all perform for? Did y'all do a couple songs? Yeah, we do a couple of songs. Back then, songs were longer. They'd be like four or five minutes long. Yeah. So you do like three songs, 15 minutes, something yeah. like that. So how was the crowd? It was cool. They loved how it, man. How did you feel? So we hit the stage the first time and be in front of people. I, I don't was, know if you were ever shy or not. Yeah, I was always really, really shy. <laughs> so I didn't know how it was going to work out. Yeah. So I was nervous. I was nervous. Then I started rapping and all my fear just went away. I was like, this is what I'm supposed to be doing with my life. Yeah. Just like. And I was always really nervous, really anxious. Like, but so, so it was crazy. Once I started rapping and I just felt free, I was like, yeah, this is my purpose. Yeah. That's dope. That's badass. So if you don't mind me asking just for the fact of if another rapping crew that's coming up, young crew, uh, that uh, might be able to learn from the things, that, the reason why y'all broke up. Is there a particular reason why y'all broke up looking back? It was maybe not the smartest thing or maybe yeah. we could have been avoided if something else was done. I mean, even Baby Bash had told me, like, uh-huh. he's like, bro, don't don't leave from Latin Embassy. He's like, I heard you going to leave. He's like, don't leave from Latin Embassy because it's going to be two times harder to make your name again. And I was hard-headed because we just started Latin Embassy and we were succeeding. So I was like, ah, I could do it again. It's going to be easy. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't. Because now you got to re- rebrand yourself, market, and you got to get everybody to know Eternal. Mm-hmm. And before everybody knew Latin Embassy, Candy Coda Records. So, And then that's when I had my first son. So it was real hard with funds and stuff like that. That's when everybody started downloading. So it was like a perfect storm hit, just like a perfect storm hit for us to blow. Yeah. So what was it? Why was the reason that you wanted to leave? It was just because you were starting a family, more focusing on that, yeah. or what was it? Exactly? Yeah, we both kind of started started focusing on our families more. So I started growing apart. It wasn't like y'all had a fight or an issue. I mean, we had a little falling out. It was it was some bullshit. We were, Am I getting too personal young. with it that you don't want to share? Well, I don't want to say what the, what it was, but but because we did get we did get in an argument. And we're both being prideful and hard-headed. And I respect it because I don't want to put his business out there. Yeah. He's not here either, too. Yeah, too. But, but, it's, but it's good. That- Hello. We're jumping in just to let you know to make sure you subscribe and hit the notification. If you are enjoying the podcast, thank you very much. And now, back to the episode. If y'all was to do it again, based on Baby Bash and different people saying not to do it, like, it was cool that y'all were able to now see it and mm-hmm. be like, man, it could have been a little different. Yeah. But... You never know either because, yeah. like you said, the digital wave was coming, uh-huh. downloads and everything. So, who, who knows? Yeah, and that was the dark years, man. Nobody wanted to put albums out because it wasn't profitable at all. There wasn't streams or anything. So Nobody so many, was hitting the streets. Yeah. Oh, there was probably no trunks. So many people started retiring and getting jobs. and Yeah. And then after that, you started making your way to... Houston with Hater Proof was that around the same time no, you first, took a long break from music no I went solo for a while yeah yeah I went solo here in Dallas I did pretty good and then uh, and then I started to retire yeah so Candy Code 
what was the name of the record? Candy Cutter Records. Candy Cutter Records mm-hmm. was the one for Latin Emmys. Yeah. That's the actual record label. Yeah. And then you started, did you start your own label? I started Never Die Records. Never Die Records. Yeah. And then that's when you began to transition to Never Die. Yeah, to Mr. Never Die. Colonel. Yeah. Well, not really, but I knew, I knew in the future I would have to. I knew Eternal was too common of a name. Yep. So I could foresee I was going to have problems. So I remember you discussing that the reason mm-hmm. why you rather just be easier to find than Eternal and be in the midst of yeah. a bunch of freaking searches. Everybody was complaining. They're like, we can't find you. We can't find your music. So I was like, nah, I got to change that. You, t- you type Mr. Never Die, you pop up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, okay. And then after that, you, you retire, kind of, sort of. And then yeah. what lit up the fire again to start making music? And then when did Hate Approved come about? That's I moved to Houston and uh, for a job. Mm-hmm. I was kind of stuck in the country. I was living out in Canton. And, uh, and I couldn't get out of there, man. Because anywhere I would get a job, I'd have to drive. And then I wasn't going to make a lot of money there. I had four kids, one on the way. So I was kind of getting stuck. Mm-hmm. So I went to my friend's house in Houston, and he was telling me he had a job opportunity that was probably going to come up. So he got me in and helped me out. So I moved out there for work. And then um, I kept talking to Big C's. Hater, he had the Hater Proof shop open at the time. And then he told me he was working on a track with that boy T called Fast Life Slow Music. That boy T? Yeah. And he got me on the track with him, and that's when it started sparking up again. So, and then after that, you you joined shortly after with them, or yeah, did a couple projects. You did a couple projects with them before they. Yeah, I did. Um, I sure wasn't sure after that song. Then I went to Abilene. Uh, my boy Poetic Thug brought me out there. We did a show with Gemini, and then I started getting a little bit hungrier. And then my boy DJ Ao, he he had me come out to San Diego, so I flew out to San Diego. I stayed with him a couple weeks. And we started working around in the studio, and that's when I really started getting inspired. I'm like, yeah, I want to come back. Yeah. yeah. So you, wh- what was it that he took you over there for, just to show you around? No, because he stayed over there. Yeah. So he was going to take you to do some music yeah. stuff over there? Yeah, and he has a studio, so he told me to come through mm-hmm. and just work. Yeah. Did you do any projects over there with you? We did a couple songs, but we didn't release anything. Yeah. I was going to try to do a mixtape while I was over there, but I was too rusty. <laughs> you were too rusty? Yeah, I was It too took rusty. a minute. Yeah. Well, you still riding doing this uh, nah. brief retirement? You wouldn't do it nothing. No. Nah. Like music was out of the question. But my brain, my brain always has to have things to think about. So I noticed like I'd get real into basketball and I start learning all the stats and my mind is very obsessive. Mm. So I start just wanting to know information about basketball, information about basketball. So it's kind of what you're saying. It's that- kind of annoying to the person that loves me because my mind's always going on different statistics and things like that. I always want to know more and more and more and more. Mm. So there was the same thing for for music whenever you went to. It was an excessive thing to learn the craft, to learn how to write it, how to structure it, Mm -hmm. uh, lyrics, everything. Yeah. That's crazy. And then I got into fishing. I got obsessive with that. (laughs) So So you're just an obsessive person. Yeah. Yeah. And then after that, uh, shortly after you came back and and the conversation started flowing with Big C's Mm. about joining yeah. Uh, would they, they was, did they invite you? Did you invite yourself? Uh, uh, they invited me. They said. Big Caesar did a song with uh, Kid Frost that day. And he invited us all to the studio afterwards. And then we just started talking about it. And he's like, yeah, I think I'm going to bring Hater Proof Click back. And then they asked if, if I want to be in it. And I was like, yeah, I'm with it. Yeah. And yeah. how long did that run go for? Uh, Maybe a year. Mm-hmm. Me and Big Caesar were working on an EP together, but then it. Uh, that's when he switched to Christian music. And then you were not feeling the Christian music at that yeah, time? Yeah. No. wasn't your lane? No, it's not my lane. Yeah. And then I, I really would have to change my complete life and 
make sure everything was right for me to do something that so important, that, you know. You're not disqualifying it, but no, no. it's yeah. not for you yeah. or whatever. And you wanted to respect what he was doing because yeah. it wasn't what your your mind yeah, was yeah. at. Yeah. It was dope. And then after that, now we find ourselves in the present time as far as you doing music, continue to do music, work on music. Yeah. Okay. And then you began doing- That's when I started Mr. Never Die. Yeah. After that. Mr. Never Die. Then you began to connecting with different people mm. and then you- Met G Love, met Animes. Yeah, and then, I was. I noticed I was complaining a lot. As you were a complaining rapper. a lot. Yeah, as a rapper, I was for, like, for what though? My career would take off if I had this. Mm-hmm. My career would take off if I had this. Mm-hmm. So that's when I finally like, you know what? I'm tired of complaining about it. Let me try to be something different. Mm-hmm. Let me try to start putting on shows. Let me try to link network with certain people and get them to collab together and things like that and that's when i think my career really started to change because then i wasn't just worried about myself as an artist i was more worried about the culture and how we all could grow so you begin to do a little bit more service to the community of yeah. hip-hop and different things like that and notice things start yeah. happening because if you start complaining you start believing yourself whether yeah. you want it or not and it keeps you it might just be words that you're saying but the programming is just keeping you in the same place mm-hmm. you're not changing you're not you just keep complaining. Yeah. They complain. You, you start become believing a victim. It. Not only that, but you start believing your complaints. Yep. You know, it might be just like a little rant. But if you say it enough times, you start believing that that's, yep. that is true. Real talk. So when did that light bulb moment just stop? What happened? What did you see? What did you hear that made you say, you know what? Like, I'm complaining. Somebody brought it to your attention. Like, damn, you be complaining so much. Nah, I mean, I'm always trying to evolve myself as a person. Like, I'm always, I'm always thinking I'm the hardest person on myself. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking, what did I do wrong here? How can I fix it? How can I make it better? So. One of those conversations that you had, like, bro, you be complaining to me. Yeah, stop complaining so much and go out there and fix it. it. That's dope. Yeah. All right, let's get to your, uh, I think we covered all your career. Yeah. In, in a nutshell, 20, 23 years? 23 years. 23 years, but uh, in a nutshell, it's kind of sort of how your career has been and you still maintain it. In fact, you have a brand new album. It's an 11 tracks, if I'm not mistaken, correct? Yes, sir. And it's called Self-Titled, Mr. Never Die Album. Tell me about the cover. It's all, from what I've seen, it's all black, but you can see the small logo circle mm-hmm. on it. Yeah. Tell me the creative idea. Why did you want to go in that route? What does it mean to you? Well, first, my whole goal, we were going to release Depression as my as a single that drops the same day as the album. Mm-hmm. So I got Porsche to do the cover for me, and I liked it, but the only thing, I didn't think it was a proper time. Like It was starting to be the beginning of the summer. And it looked very Halloweenish because I did my whole video like it's Frankenstein. Yeah. So I was sitting there thinking, I'm like, man, this ain't gonna work. That's not a good way to market this album. And then uh, it would have been good on Halloween. Yeah, on Halloween it would have been perfect, but it wasn't Halloween. So then I started thinking, and I was like, what's something creative I could do? And I started thinking about Metallica Black album, and we had already said that we we're gonna name it self-titled. So of course, Metallica Black album is their self-titled album. Yeah. And that's how I even kind of got the the cover with the logo at the bottom. Yeah, it was very inspired by that, yeah. which was one of their best albums. So, who's the uh, the logo? Is that always your logo? Or is yeah. something newer that you had? Nah, that's been that's, that's been, been my logo, that, but yeah. it's almost like a watermark, yeah. almost transparent. But you can always see because it almost looks all black. Yeah, but then you have the corner right hand, lower hand corner. You see it right there. Yeah, yeah, dope effects out of Mexico. He did that for me. He, all the way Santa, to Mexico. Yeah, that boy Cole man. Yeah. Yeah. So, by the way, go check out Depression video on his YouTube channel, Depression Singing. 
<laughs> I see the uh, Metallica influence, the rock influence yeah. that come coming in. Yeah, that uh, MTV vibes coming through. Yeah, you know, man, man, I just I got bored, bro. Yeah, like people who always expect me to do Texas songs, Texas songs, Texas songs, in which I represent that, but at the same time I get bored. I want to do other. I want to be creative. You know what I'm saying? Like one song I did a country hook, and then and then uh, yeah, trying to use auto tune more, just experimenting. Yeah, that's dope. I like the singing part. I like the singing. Appreciate the feature. So we have, again, 11 features. You have uh, R.I.P. Gangsta Boo. I got to interview. I got to interview her years ago on a a really show. It was crazy interview. It sucks that I wasn't able to grab the footage for me to just have. But, uh, yeah. It's not on YouTube or anything? No, man. I I would love to see that. I have a picture with her. Yeah. I lost it that I didn't get a chance to hear because she kind of shocked me. Mm Mm-hmm. Because maybe just me and the way that people are just willing to tell me things, mm-hmm. even though sometimes I just know how to ask. But she told me things that I like, how she feel kind of strange sometimes whenever she's making music because she has kids now. Mm-hmm. And that kind of sort of the, the content of the songs might not be matching what yeah. she is as a mom. And things like that, they were like, God, I yeah. can't believe I'm hearing this. Yeah. Like, and I, I was kind of like, kind of uh, uh, for a little bit, but yeah. I had to like, Keep my composure too real, bro. Yeah, that grown conversation, real, real. man. Grown conversation, yeah. real. She was talking about doing makeup at the time. It's dope. So you got a feature with her. Yeah, and it's in it's in in the it's on your album, and then you have uh, another legend in the game, uh, Powder, Miss Powder. Yeah, yeah. How did that connection come to be? Well, actually, let's go back and uh, we we'll go back in Powder. Okay. How did Gangsta Boo feature come to be? Man, um, that was another thing. Like when I listened to Tupac Lies on Me. One of the first albums I listened to is Three Six Mafia Mystic Styles when I started getting more into rap. Yeah. And then uh, I got high with my homeboys, and then we went back to their crib. We were at the basketball court. We got high. Then we went we went back to his crib, and he started playing that Mystic Styles, and it was just Gangsta Boo grabbed me from the beginning. So I always wanted to give homage to her. Mm-hmm. So that's why I got a feature from her. Yeah. Yeah. That's dope. And how did the, the connection happen? How did you get a hold of her? Or I hit her up on MySpace, I think. Yeah? Yeah. And she said, here's the business. Yeah. All right, let's do it. Yeah. That's what's up. And then, of course, Powder. Uh, she hasn't been, not that I know of, too active, but recently she's been making a comeback more. In fact, yeah. you're actually a manager for yeah. Powder now. Yeah. So we'll talk about that here in a little bit. But how did that feature come to be? Is that because y'all connected through the management part? Or yeah, already, you've been wanting to talk, work with her? Yeah, I've been wanting, I've always been a big fan of Powder, man, since... So back in 2000 days, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So so I got a feature from her, me and Poetic Thug. We did a feature with her like 2004, 2005, somewhere around there. Mm-hmm. And then uh, and then I always wanted to do another feature with her, but then she retired for a long time. And I saw her at Day of Unity like three years ago, I think. Right. And then I had a quick conversation with her. She was with the Hemp Sisters, which I work a lot with. So I was like, hey, introduce me to Powder real quick. <laughs> so she introduced You didn't want to go and do this <laughs> Well, because, I don't know. I just didn't want to be weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so. Uh, I mean, we, we had to like, tell somebody else. Well, well it's, a, <laughs> oh, it's a common friend, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> okay, so they introduced you to her. Yeah. And then. And then I just asked her if she was coming back or not. She's like, she's like, nah, I don't think so. But. Yeah. So then she Left started getting. That. Yeah, then she started getting Legend Awards and stuff and started popping around more where we were at. And then she's like, well, let's get that feature in. So, She's the one that brought it up. Yeah. Said because you had talked to her about yeah. it and said, let's do it. Yeah. Now's the time. Yeah. And what was it that you liked about her as far as her, as an artist? 
I mean, I liked her style, especially because she'd always clap back on the dudes. Mm. So that's why when, like, uh, she was always representing for ladies, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's why I like Gangsta Boo. That's why I would like Trina, because the dude would go hard, and then the female would go hard. Yeah. And, like, I've tried to do so many songs with people like that, and the, the females don't want to do it. But so with Hell No, nah, I knew Powder would be down. And I, sh- oh. I showed yeah, I showed her my verse. And she went in, man, wrote two verses. I know, I know her for her vocals. I know her for her singing part. And I know some of the catchier songs. Um, but her flow is yeah, it's immaculate, yeah. bro. She's yeah. really good with it. Her freaking tonality. Yeah. Her freaking just spitting bars. Like, yeah. bro. Her new album, really crazy, good. man. We almost done with it. So she has an album coming up yeah. soon. Nice. So that's how that feature comes to be. And then, of course, you have Manic Beats, which is also the producer mm-hmm. for the whole. Is that every single the beat? The whole album. He recorded everything. Every, the mastered everything. So that's all him. And he's yeah. featured on the song. Yeah. That's dope. And then, of course, you have Miss G Love in the house. She's over here. Gangsta killing, Love. Gangsta Love in the house. <laughs> and then also you have Anna Mace. Yeah. Uh, Ronnie Spencer. Also, right? Yeah. Is that all the features? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, finally got some songs together with New Wave. Yeah, finally. Not one song together, all y'all, <laughs> yeah. but you know, y'all have some songs. Yeah. And how did that go? Man, it was dope, man. It was crazy. Energy was crazy, especially when G Lo did Judging Me. Yeah. She went crazy on that hoe. And that that's when Powder had actually came for the feature. And she saw G Lo do Judging Me and and then she felt so energized, she went home and wrote a whole rap. Really? That she called Energy. And then she got G Love on that song. So, really yeah so they got so that's going to be coming up on her album yeah. yeah nice that's dope okay so you have all the songs i'm gonna list them let me know if i miss anything so you have uh duel to death judging me hell nah uh need my space that's animes depression sick in the head uh want to crash if i die tonight pandora's box and leave me in the dark. Is yeah. that all right? Yeah. And how long did it take the whole process for you to make the album? I think I wrote everything in like about a month. The whole thing? Yeah, he wanted to do it in a week. So I hit the ground running. I did like a quick five songs. And then uh, then it started slowing down a little bit. But I was really excited to get in the studio because it's been a couple of years since I've been able to work on music. So... Right. So I was really excited. So I hit the ground running, was writing, writing, writing. Depression was one of the first songs I did, like, real quick. This, was it something that you already had already written? No. Or everything's brand new? I always, I always write to each specific beat. Okay. And as far as the... Okay, so tell me about Depression, because I know that on one of the interviews I've seen that you were you were dealing with things like that. Mm. Um, but I know, remember from the first interview we had that some of those sessions those studio sessions are good for therapy or it's therapeutic for you because it helps you uh you know well whatever is it that you have going on it helps you do that mm-hmm. was it um what would you recommend with anybody that's dealing with depression that doesn't really have an answer doesn't really know why they feel in this way and how can even get a little bit of energy to to do something to try to get out of that I mean, there's a lot of different things I mean you got to get out of bed that's the first thing because mm-hmm. you're gonna want to stay in bed you're gonna want to just be at home be unsociable like you got to get up and start moving around and um just try to build your confidence definitely start to think more positive because mm-hmm. we're we're so hard on ourselves you know what i'm saying and then you start feeling like you all alone that nobody understands you 
And before you know it, negative stuff just piling up, piling up, piling up. And before you know it, you don't want to leave your house. So just find stuff that builds your confidence, things that you like to do. I mean, don't don't isolate yourself. Yeah. Because then you're just going to feel sorry for yourself and things are going to get worse. That's crazy. Because I know one of the interviews you said that, like, I don't know if it got dark, dark, but it got dark for you to where if you kept on that path, you would have not seen uh, animes and um, Crystal Pop and yeah. freaking in New, New York. York. Yeah. Doing their thing. Yeah. So it got really dark for you at one time. Yeah. And did you ever know the reason why? I don't know how depression works. To be honest. Mm-hmm. I feel like I probably dealt with a little bit, but do you know some of the events that led to you being in that position that maybe you could have avoided to, you know, just not having to go through that? I mean, it was just like a, a series of unfortunate events just kept hitting back to back to back. Mm-hmm. And then it just kind of felt like, man, is life ever going to be different than this? Like every time I come up, Am I going to get knocked back down? Yeah. And then start over again. And then start over again and start over again. I'm just tired of it, man. Tired of people feeling betrayed and things like that. So. And though those led to this, but fortunately you were able to release a full album. Yeah. And was that very helpful for you to, oh, be, able very, to be in a better better place? Very, very. Yeah. It helped my mindset a lot because I got to let it out. I got to let all that built up, just nasty shit out, you know? And then talk about it. Think about why I felt certain ways. I mean, sometimes I'm my own therapist, you know. I just got to talk to myself and understand why do you feel like this? Because nobody knows me better than me. So I go back to my past. Why does this trigger me? Why does this do this, you know? So after this full session of this album, what did you find out on the other side about yourself that you didn't know? My resilience, which I do know, but still. Sometimes it's clouded by other things. Yeah. I mean, it's like, yeah, it's like you fall in the hill, you fall deeper and deeper in there. And then you got to find new ways to get out, you know. Each time the path gets longer and longer. But, I mean, but that's why you got to, that's why you got to forgive yourself. That's why you got to forgive other people. And you got to learn how to move on from things. Absolutely. You're right. I mean, I know you're all about unity. And I sometimes feel weird about it. But I know... There's 8 billion people, right? Mm-hmm. It's kind of crazy for us, all of us, to unite. But you had the right mindset as far as previously before the my, like-minded individuals. That's why you, there's certain people that are lining up with yeah. the things that you do. Yeah. And unfortunately, even though you want to keep all of them, it's just not everybody was raised the same. Not everybody mm-hmm. has the same ideas. Not everybody has the same principles. No, nope. Not everybody has the desire to be that and maybe they're just about themselves, you know, yeah. they might portray themselves as something else. Eventually you weave all them out and then the unity will be within the people that are mind like minded like you. They have the same the same feeling, the same desire in their heart for you as you have for them. Yeah. Because we can't all be united as much as we yeah. until we just yeah. not gonna happen. It's just crazy as it is. But I feel like if I say it enough, like minded individuals are gonna find me. They are. They are, and they have so far. I mean, last time you came here, it was only, it was you, Anime's uh, G-Love, and mm-hmm. then Powder was in there, and now mm-hmm. Powder is here. And then uh, the producer you've been working with, he, I don't know if you were working with at the time, but, uh, you know, somehow oh, we yeah. ended up yeah. together. And then, you know, everybody else is around you that's, uh, you know, kind of sort of aligned yeah. together. So that's pretty cool, man. That's pretty dope. Appreciate it, man. And uh, 
the how was the selection for the beats? Was he making them in the really? spot or he had a That was that was the fastest I ever picked beats. Really? Yeah. Really it was just like the first eight he showed me. We started working on it. Boom, I want those eight. Yeah. <laughs> but I I really wanted to do something different. At first we had talked about doing the half rock, half rap. But then everything just kind of merged together in the one, which was really cool. Yeah. Yeah, because you have a, a little bit of everything. You're right. Yeah. The whole 11 tracks, you get a little bit, a different feel about different things. Mm-hmm. And then you have the uh, powerful ladies on the tracks, too. Yeah. They go in and do their thing, too, give it a different flavor. Yeah. So it's, it's amazing. Go check it out. So for everybody, anybody that wants to stream your music, where can they go find it? Man, it's everywhere. Everywhere. Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube, YouTube, Amazon, everywhere. You name it. And it's Mr. Neva, N-E-V-A. Yeah. Die. Self-title. And go get it. You can't miss it. It's a, pretty much like a black thumbnail. Yeah. With a, a small <laughs> uh, logo on it. You'll be able to tell it's yeah. yours. Yeah. That's dope. So congratulations, bro. Appreciate it, man. How was it. The, uh, you had a release party. Yeah. You had a, uh, I didn't get it. <clears throat> I didn't get a new but <laughs> but uh, you had a release party yeah. and you had a very exclusive. It was only a, a few people that were invited. Can you tell us about the night that night? How did it go and who were the ones that were in attendance? The one in Houston. Yes, the one in Houston. Man, uh, shit, we had a whole bunch. Tommy G came through, so that was the first time him and Powder have seen each other in a long time. Oh wow! Yeah, and like over a decade. Uh, Shadow was there. Man, it was it was just a whole bunch of love. Uh, those people from most hated there. There's a bunch of the OGs came through. So uh, young, what's the name? Though young, though young. Yeah, Low G, Low G was there. Howard Yellow came through. Nice powder. And that night just consisted of them playing your track, or you just mingling, nah, interacting. Performed. Everybody performed. Yeah. Everybody yeah. performed. Yeah, yeah. And what was the venue at? It was called a uh, treble. Travel. Yeah, Travel VIP. And then you had another one at another place, another release party? Yeah, then we did one here in Dallas at Nubius. Yeah, and yeah. how was that? It was dope, man. Yeah. Yeah, G-Lo killed it, man. She jumped on the picnic tables. Everybody was showing her love. I didn't get anybody for that either. I'm <laughs> I want to personal them. I want to see her on your social media. I was posting it and posting it and posting it. Nah, no, but screw that. I want to, I want to get a personal invite. <laughs> Come through. Nah, I probably was uh, doing something, bro. But yeah. I, I don't doubt that... Um, I'm glad that you had that showed up over there and mm-hmm. came here. Yeah, you know, because you know, technically you rep both. Yeah, because you were raised here for the most uh, long time, mm-hmm. but then you went to Houston too, yeah. and then a lot of the networking and a lot of the people you've been working over there too. So that's pretty dope. Yeah, love both cities, man. Yeah, love both cities definitely. Okay, so the videos. Uh, so the leading single was depression for it, or was the- no? Nah, that was actually the fourth one. The first one I released the one with Gangsta Boo. Judge. Back to my old ways. Back to my old ways. Yeah. Then the second single was with G Love, The Judge of Me. Then the third one was the one with Anna, Need My Space. And then the fourth one was Depression. Depression. Yeah. Yeah. Any other videos that you're going to be doing? Yeah, we dropped in. Hell Nah should be dropping here in the next couple of days. Couple of days. It'll, it'll be out by the time this comes out. Oh, really? Yeah. So, yeah, y'all be checking it out with uh, Powder. Yeah, with Powder. So go watch, go subscribe to his channel so you don't miss it. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Powder making a comeback. Yeah, that's what you keep killing saying. It, man, she killing it. Oh, she is dope. Yeah, <laughs> her flow is sick. Yeah, like if you tell her, tell her, I said, I mean, I don't know, she like, who the hell is this guy? But <laughs> you're dope. <laughs> you're a freaking. As I'm telling you, yeah, bro, we're gonna get her on the show in the future. Absolutely, I'd be more than happy to have her. But man, Word. her freaking flow is like shh, the attitude. Yeah, you said like, like I said yeah. earlier, the tonality, the delivery, Hill. the freaking the 
the the lyrical, like yeah. everything's like, man, I did not know her for the singing part, but it's just like, yeah, she plays the piano, everything. My, she's musical, musical. Yeah, she's musical, musical. Yeah. Okay, so I see that you released the actual album all by yourself. There was no distributor. No, it was all through City Baby. Yeah, yeah. What was the thought on that? Instead of going with you know another one that you worked with before or any other distributor out there. I mean, uh, we just thought that was the right move to do this time. Yeah, yeah. That's what's up. And you're um, again. Good luck on the project. I appreciate, appreciate it. you breaking it down. And um, already got look. over twenty thousand streams on Spotify so far. Twenty thousand uh, streams on Spotify. Yeah. Nice. So. That's dope. And I'm know it's gonna keep growing. And yeah. Uh, yeah, just add it to your playlist. If you know somebody, just add it in there. Twenty thousand. Thousands. And how long has this been? Uh, what was the date? The actual official release. I don't remember date? the exact date, but it's been about a month. It's been about a month. Yeah. It's pacing really good. Yeah. It's pacing really yeah. good. Okay, so let's touch up a little bit of a couple of things that have happened to you. Your grandfather. Yeah. Your grandfather. I see the yeah. post on social media. Yeah. How does that make this you? This is my second one. Your second one. So yeah. you're a grandfather a second time. Yeah, I have a grandson and a granddaughter. Yeah, Carter in Kansas. So it's still special, but yeah. the first one has got to be a little bit different. But not that, there, that he doesn't differentiate. <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying the first one probably is your grandfather is just a little bit different. Yeah. Is it still kind of the same feeling? Yeah, I just wish I could see him more, but because I'm in Houston and they over here, so I don't get to see him a lot as much as I would like to. But you have you have Zoom, you have uh, yeah, but they on the country, so it don't work that good. <laughs> yeah, uh, Starlink, it's Starlink, spicy. yeah, it's spicy, but uh, Are they internet it's open. Well, Starlink is the uh, internet provider from Some the SpaceX. Tesla. Yeah, yeah, and then you can, you can you can you can buy the internet, and it's everywhere satellite internet. You can just that's what's up. It's it's. I don't remember how much the price, but last time I checked, it was the device itself was like five hundred something dollars. I'm not doing any promotion because <laughs> we'll take this stuff off. But the service itself was like about a hundred dollars. Okay. You get it in in anywhere. Yeah, it's freaking deserted island. You already yeah. get service already. That's pretty dope. Okay, so now, how did the conversation begin with Potter for you to be the manager? Her manager, actually, you're the manager. Manager. Well, first, uh, first she came, and then uh, she. Her and Manic started talking about doing the album. Mm -hmm. So then they asked me to manage the project. Mm. So just kind of be that extra set of years in the studio with them and and beat selection and stuff like that. I mean, she pretty much picked all her beat selection and all that, but just kind of putting my input in because mm -hmm. different ears are good, you know? Yeah. You always want to have as many, well, not as many opinions, but but valid opinions. Right. On People that have been 23 plus years yeah. to know a little something <laughs> yeah. about music. Yeah. So she respected you enough. She knew about you to know that you knew what she was talking about. Yeah. Where did she know about you? How did she hear it besides meeting you? Have she heard anything different about you? Anybody telling you? I mean, she'd have to tell that. Yeah. <laughs> I would ask her. That. I'm sure I remember that question. Yeah. So, and then after that, uh, you had worked on that, continued working on the project. And then mm -hmm. when did the conversation to be like the actual manager, make it official? Probably about, probably about halfway through the project. Yeah? Yeah. How was that conversation like? No. I just kind of asked her what she'd think about it, me managing her. So you proposed the idea? Yeah. Yeah. And then um, and then I brought it up with G-Love because G-Love's my partner. Mm -hmm. G-Love was with it and Powder's with it, so we made it happen. And that's it. Yeah. And y'all been hitting the road often. Yeah. Y'all been all over the place. Yeah. So and the, fan, the fan's happy Powder back. Yeah? Yeah. You you can see it whenever they go out. Yeah, definitely. Go she's, been, she's been gone, gone. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So a lot of people didn't know they see her again. 
Just like when SPM gets out, people are going to be excited because a lot of people never saw South Park Mexican perform. Oh, yeah. He's going to sell out. Yeah. He's going to be. I know people got different opinions about the man, but that dude was talented. Yeah. Yeah, it, for real. He's still too He can talented. control a crowd for real, man. He's super a talented. sea of people. Yeah. You can't deny the fact that that dude still, again, I know people have their different opinions about what it is and believe whatever you want to. Mm-hmm. You have your own rights. But as far as the talent itself and the music, that dude was, he's, man. Yeah. He was a prodigy. A lot of people don't know he was a prodigy violinist. Yeah. 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 The fool knows about music. Yeah. You know? I mean, think about it. He knows about powder. No side of pay. They know about music. Yeah. They just not like, some of us, they just get on it. <laughs> a beat up. A beat that somebody made in a rap money. You know, they actually know. <laughs> That's what I do. <laughs> Keys and things like that, yeah. you know? No, I was talking about personally. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, they know about certain things that they're yeah. doing. That's just, it's a different level. It's a different perspective yeah. as far as making music because they know. You know, I know, I think he kind of sort of, SPM also played the piano a little or yeah. something like that. I know he produced a lot. Nah, yeah. Yeah. That dude was a beast. But, hey, yeah, I'm, I don't doubt it. He's going to sell out. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, I believe so, too. So, we're running short on time. I think we cover everything. Looking at my time. Oh, we have a um, Amber Alert. Uh-oh. Hope everybody's okay. All right, real quickly, before I let you go, thank you very much again for coming out. I know you were here, but it's still a long-ass drive. Yeah. And I appreciate you're here. And, again, Appreciate you having me, bro. Absolutely. It's a pleasure. I told you the last time. I wasn't kidding <laughs> when I said to come through whenever you have yeah. something going on, and I'd be more than happy to make it happen. Already. And uh, all your social media, where can people find you at? Man, everything, Mr. Never Die, TikTok, Instagram, uh, YouTube, M-R-N-E-V-A-D-I-E. Mr. Never Die, any shout-outs that you have? Man, shout-out to Texican, Texican Clothing, brand-new brand ambassador. Shout-out to G-Love, Powder, Animes, everybody. Everybody, your producer? Yeah, yeah. Manic fans. Beats, Manic Beats, yeah. All that. Before they come at you, hey, bro. Love you, Tia. <laughs> Shout out to Corazon. We had an interview. It was pretty yeah. dope. And much love to Crispin, man. Appreciate hey, you, bro. I got you, bro. I told y'all. I don't be playing this stuff. <laughs> okay, so what is an important lesson that you learned during the music business or the entire music business that you've done or even just the, the music, the business that you would tell your younger self that will help somebody else? Man, just... Believe in yourself. Believe in your good. Don't listen to what anybody else got to say because they don't understand what you're trying to do, the things you're trying to accomplish. So just keep moving in, in your purpose and quit doubting yourself so much because you know what you're doing. Absolutely. And uh, normally, this is a different question. You weren't, you weren't in, and yeah, I didn't ask that question when y'all were here, but I added extra questions. Okay. So normally I wake up or during the day, at least I remind myself, of us, of um, a guru that I heard is like, I'm not immortal, I am mortal, and I will die one day. And that's not to scare me or terrify me that, you know, I'm going to go. It's just to realize that I'm not here forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're going to be here forever because you'll never die. <laughs> but I'm not. But that's just to make me realize that, you know, it's a blink of an eye and we're not going to be here. Uh, and so I remind myself of that. With that, after everything's said and done, uh, I wish you a long, prosperous life and, and successful. However, when everything's said and done, what do you hope uh, people would think or, or feel about your life or think about your life? That that I helped out as much as I could. That I tried to help elevate things. Just be a kind person. Kind person. That's amazing. I appreciate you very much being here, man. I really do, truly, truly appreciate it. I know that we keep thinking each other, but it is. Um, 
as far as you like being a, a kind person, a nice person and willing to be able to connect with people, um, you know, and I'm pretty sure you have your, your issues with people that don't don't see it that way or, or want to profit out of you, out of the equity, the sweat equity that you put in. But that doesn't discourage to the fact that you continue to work and help people. And I think that you're um, from the time that we met and we talked to now, of course, you know, you, you've been uh, moving around and, you know, getting to the right people. So that way you can, you know, at that time you weren't even doing a project and now you have a full project. Yeah. Yeah. So it's amazing to me that you are able to not only manage and move around and, and still wanted to connect with people because that's your desire to be able to have a project out. And of course, you know, with everything being so easy to accessible now online that it sucks because you can't sell CDs to try and get profit out of it. But it's great that you're able to touch the masses all over the world. Without a doubt, Mr. Never Die. three's in the game. You're a global life factor. Thank you very much for being Thank here. Thank you, brother. Appreciate, Appreciate you. Appreciate it very much. This was another episode of the Global Latin Factor Podcast. Remember, we are just like you. We are people. We are the spice in this melted pot that it is the world. Till next time. Bye. You are still here. Thank you. Thank you very much for checking out another episode of the Global Latin Factor Podcast. Make sure you subscribe. Hit the bell. Every subscription, every like, every comment helps us a lot. And you are really appreciated for that. Thank you. You are bringing awareness to more Latino content, more Latino people that are doing and fulfilling their dreams. And for that, we appreciate you. Thank you very much. The birds of the jungle chasing fortune and fame, but Juan is flamingo is not walking the same. Balaje de la flauta en banana. Fuera.